to Write That Down, hosted by Nate Ulrich and myself, Jacob Novak. This is a podcast where two everyday creative people try to break through the noise and do creative things. Today, our main focus is on the phenomenon and creative work of being paid with exposure. We dive into unpaid internships, speculative work, and knowing when you're being taken advantage of. So, let's get into it. So Nate, I don't know if you remember, there was a moment on Twitter slash social media as a whole a couple weeks ago uh, where there's just this whole discussion about unpaid internships. And I thought, wow, that would be super relevant if we were doing a podcast about that. Uh, unfortunately, here we are like two months later and we're just doing it now. Uh, <laughs> but still, I think it's a worthwhile discussion because especially in the realm of writing and video work and, and really anything creative, there is a large amount of the speculative work, the unpaid internships, uh, and, and you know, just doing things for free just mm-hmm. to get your feet off the ground uh, mm-hmm. in, in this realm especially. So I think it's definitely something that, that we can touch on, and we've probably both encountered it in some form in our, dare I say, creative lives. <laughs> No, yeah, this is a this is a great topic because there's uh, proponents for both sides, right? There's it's a great way to to get make get your work done, create something that's going to be shown to others, and give it get your name out there of the work that you do. But it's also a very easy way for an employer or even a school to exploit your work, right? And so there's two two very yeah. distinct sides uh, of of good and bad for this, and. I'm between the both of us. I mean, we live a very shared experience in in at college uh, because at, at school, part of school or part of our juniat experience was well was like let's get an internship, let's let's get some experience, right? Because that's a that's a big part of being a college student for for a lot yep. of people out there, including ourselves. Uh, and so I'm sure we can speak to to that. But uh, aside. Aside from that, right after right after you know, or right after college for me, I mean, I decided to choose the internship route, um, whether that was the right choice or not. Uh, I, I chose that, so I certainly can speak to that. Uh, but I know we have friends. I have loads of friends uh, who you know didn't go brag to, about it. Yeah, I know I'm bragging right now. Uh, <laughs> but people people I know in the creative in creative work, right, who are doing creative stuff now, who didn't necessarily go to college either, who you know, had to choose between internships or jobs or different jobs that weren't in their creative field just to pay the bills and then do an internship or a side gig uh, that that didn't necessarily make money. So yeah, there's a lot of things that we could talk about. There certainly are a lot of things we could talk about. Yeah, and it's definitely something that kind of, as graduations are happening around the world, uh, in person now, which is exciting. Yeah. I know you, you just went to your brother's delayed graduation. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of pictures from people going up at, from Juniata. Yep. Uh, but there are now a lot of people trying to enter the workforce. And so uh, that's something that I relate with when you're looking on Indeed, fresh out of college or Glassdoor or ZipRecruiter or whatever it is. And you're seeing these unpaid internships. Mm-hmm. And then you go over to another tab and you have so many dollars worth of student loans that you need to pay off it's like is this worth it uh and just kind of juggling that that balancing act of is this experience that will look good on my resume the next time i'm looking to apply for something worth the money that is just going to be 
continually pile, piling up for loans or bills and, and things like that right out of college. So it's it's tricky. It's somewhat of an ethical quandary, mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. Uh, for, you know, are unpaid internships worth it just as, as a person and uh, are you boy- being exploited and things like that? Right. Right. So we'll certainly we'll certainly dive into the depths of is it right or is it wrong? Uh, but I think the first thing that we should establish here is that, um, you know, we should talk about exposure first, uh, but also knowing your worth. Right, Jacob. So your work, for the most part, isn't worth anything until somebody sees it. Right. Like worth money. Obviously, it's worth right. the time and energy you put into it. And it's worth a lot to yourself, but worth in a in a monetary form it's not worth anything until somebody else sees it and so right. that's important and a lot of times especially for me uh the first projects that I did before college or before I was getting paid to do them I was I was getting next to nothing to do it and I I knew that that was a big step in my career for creative work I don't know if it's right. like that for you but but for me I needed that exposure in order to build a portfolio so when talking about building that portfolio, for the most part, most of those videos and most of that creative work was free stuff. Right. Yeah. And and especially when you're building a portfolio and, you know, whether it is doing all all this free work for clients, maybe a lot of people are probably just have examples that they're putting on their website that are uh, for classes or just fun right. videos that you did on your own with people which might not be relevant to any jobs that you're applying for. And, and so it kind of puts you in the re- in the the paradox of we're looking for someone who can do this type of video, right. but you don't have, have any examples of that because you've never had the opportunity to do any of those kinds of videos. And it's just the, 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 the cycle keeps on going. Well, yeah, and uh, it goes back to that. our conversation. No, it's right. It goes back to our conversation, though, uh, previously of why uh, or how can you use the short film Right, the Y Men. How can you right. use that as a as a marketing never heard of it. Never, as a as a marketing <laughs> piece for yourself when when you're going to a job that that's not doing full length films, right? That you're not going to yeah. be the director. Uh, rather, you're going to be a video editor and producer. How can you take that experience and put it somewhere else? And so, what it comes down to, Jacob, it comes down to you being able to market yourself and show right. off the work that you do. Right, and if that was free work, show off that work and be prepared. Even if you did that work for free previously, be prepared to have a monetary value to quote it when you're talking to other employees or other potential clients or something. Right, you have to be prepared for that next step, even if you didn't, yeah. you weren't paid for it previously. Yeah, and that that's one of the hardest or not uncomfortable, but just. A oh, weird it's, it is uncomfortable. Of, of, yeah, you're right. It yeah. is uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I, yeah, talking money in most settings is uncomfortable, uh, but especially when you're doing those interviews and they, you know, end the interview with, uh, if if it's a salary job that you're applying for or something right. like that, and it's like, what what what's your salary expectations? It's right. like I just got out of college. I don't know. Right. Like, right. do you say negotiable? Do you set a a price limit? Because, you know, you're trying to value yourself at a certain amount. These are questions that I don't know the answer to. I'm no, still nor do I. looking out no. for. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. The only time you can know is if you did your research, right? If you've gone on and you've looked at other jobs 
in that field, other jobs in the area, and know your worth. I mean, coming out of college, you hope that you're going to make something greater than $35,000 a year. I mean, hopefully, right? Unfortunately, that's not always the case. Uh, But again, the stronger your portfolio, the more likely uh, we're going to start talking a lot about jobs and stuff here. But the stronger your portfolio, even if it's all free stuff that you did, the stronger that is, the better that is, the easier it is to show off your talents, the more likely that you can say, hey, this is what I'm worth. This is what I, in quotes, charge for my previous videos, right? Yeah, I, I I just had a flashback to when I got my first video job and they were like, what kind of money are you looking at? Uh, and I gave them a number and they're like, oh, we can do that. And I was like, I should have gone higher. Come on. I, you know what? Everyone's got, <laughs> like everyone's it was, experienced that. It was that. way too easy for them <laughs> to say yes. Yep. yep. And it's different for every every position, right? So for, for instance, for you, you were the one in-house video producer, right? And so right. they were probably used to uh, going out of out of their house, they were probably used to getting contractors to do work here and there. But you were the one videographer, so they weren't used to paying a hourly or salary person who was always going to be in the office. I know you you started when the pandemic happened, so you did a lot of stuff remote. But yeah. for a lot of companies, smaller companies, they're not going to know what to pay you, so you have to be prepared for that. And it, it still it's going to circle back to that portfolio. Right. You you can talk the talk and you can say how good you are, but until you you have that portfolio, that again can be filled with a lot of free work, but they don't have to know it. So it's it's that balance, right? It's that yeah. balance. The portfolio having a good portfolio is is almost as good as as having paid work. Yeah. Now now so what would you say if if you're trying to do free work and you don't necessarily have much in the way of equipment, mm-hmm. what would you say for someone who's trying to find a job or trying to build their portfolio out of free work? Do you just go door to door seeing like, hey, I can make it uh, just a, a social media video for you? Are you just doing your own uh, assorted videos on your personal YouTube channel? Mm-hmm. What Where do you think people start from there? Well, I think it's... It- important that you hone in on your craft first before you go out and do work for other people. So if you haven't, if you're just starting, right, and you haven't really done much and you're shooting video on your phone and you're editing it on iMovie, awesome. Solid start. You can make really great stuff, especially with the phone cameras these days. And right. and iMovie works just fine, right? Uh, but you have to you have to know the basic skills in order to make something great. So doing that, a couple of times. Of course, you're not going to get paid. I mean, unless you, you count your time as paying yourself, um, which is a great way to look at it, by the way. But <laughs> but Good for instance, you. I wouldn't first go out and say, hey, let me let me make a video that represents your company or something. I would make sure that sure. I knew I knew what I was going to do. Uh, and in that case, you can make stuff up because you're probably going to have to use that footage, that video to sell yourself to do other free work. Uh, because otherwise you're wasting that company's time. So for us, our experience is different and we'll put that out there. Our experience is different because at least for me in, in, in college at Juniata, I did multiple internships and those all were free. I didn't get paid for them. In fact, I paid a lot of money uh, to do that <laughs> internship with all things considered, but those were the building blocks to getting paid gigs. And I know that's right. different for somebody who d- didn't go to university or college. I know that that's different because at our place, it was sort of fundamental and something that we had to do. But outside of that, again, I say I would start by honing your skill 
and then going to a friend and say, Hey, let's shoot a 30 second music video. I've got a two, I got two phones. Uh, we can get two different angles or let's, let's shoot an interview. I got two different angles, whatever. And start from there. I mean, and then once you can raise, you know, 500 bucks for a, for a camera and a microphone, your, your, your equipment accumulates. That's one thing that's yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I don't remember which episode this was, but I remember you talking about, uh, your internship at the international, uh, what was it called? It was Czech TV. No, the, at, at Juniata. Oh, before um, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was the center for international education. Right. Yeah. And, and how that was an internship that was necessarily focused on video or digital media really, but you were able to find a way to spin it into that. Uh, and right. I think that that's a valuable skill because there are a limited amount of specifically video internships right. out there. But if if you get an internship anywhere, like you had that internship, I had an internship at the uh, admissions office one mm-hmm. summer. Uh, if you're able to just kind of try to, to wordsmith your way into some semblance of, of things that could help you with your portfolio. Right. Uh, I, I think that that's something that, that can help you uh, so that it, an internship isn't kind of wasted, quote unquote, if right. it's not video specific. Right. If the internship doesn't give you valuable skill or a piece in your portfolio, then it's... I believe, and I'm going to use your words here, it's kind of a wasted opportunity. Right. Right. And so in for the case that you just brought up for, for myself, yes, this this internship at the Center for International Education could have gone multiple different ways. I mean, I could have been doing a lot of, a lot of other stuff. But yeah. because a friend of mine who also had an internship, uh, because we got together and decided, hey, we're let's let's make the most out of it and let's make something that we can put in our portfolio right let's let's make something we can put in our portfolio and so we decided let's let's make some videos now it was important that we wrote up a quasi contract saying look we're going to try to do 50% video and 50% other stuff or maybe it was 70 30 or whatever or in some cases if it's less likely to have video maybe you just want 20% of videos but as long as you get that written down and there's something of a signature of, of a binding contract for that semester or for that right. time as an internship even one video something that is professional that another person higher than you can sign off and say hey this person can do that oof that's good yeah. That's good. But but yeah. and here I'll bring up this analogy once. And I think it works. Just one. Just one. Maybe there'll be more. But <laughs> it's like you don't always rent. If you're living in a city or living in a place for longer than 5 years, renting's okay to start with, but uh, you'll probably want to start to buy a house or start to buy a place that is going to give you equity, right? You start to build equity. Renting for a long period of time isn't a good option but for a short period of time is very similar to this. You're going to want to do free work until you've built enough equity in yourself and your skills, and then you can market yourself. And so there's my one, my one good one, Jacob. Yeah. Well, uh, that was definitely better than the swan analogy. Although I I do miss the charm of the swan. The swan analogy is a good one. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be our new podcast album art. Yes. Is just a a swan. (laughs) The swan of Dude, creativity. I think that's a good one. Whatever swans do. I think it's a good one. I'll I'll say it again. A swan that <laughs> takes off is not graceful, but a swan flying <laughs> is graceful. 
That is creativity. Sometimes <laughs> the takeoff is rough. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. But yeah, student internships are, are definitely good experiences, especially if you're already there. Yeah. At school. Yep. Um, Surrounded with other but, people, creatives like you. Yeah, and 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 in most cases, or many cases at least, the colleges that you're at will have equipment for you to yes. use in some capacity, whether it's you know big fancy red cameras uh or just you know uh big, an old big fancy blue camcorder. cameras orange yeah. cameras <laughs> i don't think a lot of people know that that's that's a very expensive yeah uh company that that does really quality quality i mean what those cameras yeah. go for like 25 grand right for the body yeah. but there are cases where if you're graduating or maybe you never went to college for work or to study something in the first place, you'll be looking for jobs mm-hmm. and you'll come across the unpaid internships. Now, is that worth doing? Is that something that is worth your time to not be paid and, and be putting all this work into creating videos for a company? No. Uh, when you could. No. <laughs> it's not. Jacob, it's not. For a company? No. For yourself as a freelancer? Yes. I think that if you're representing yourself, you don't have the means to pay yourself, but you can make that a possibility by doing one free video with the expectation that perhaps they will ask you to come back and do another video. Maybe that video is $500 after that. Maybe that video is $1,000, whatever. Maybe it's 50 bucks. But if you are a freelancer representing yourself, free work is okay to start with. Right, it's a, the renting analogy. It's okay sure. to start that way, but you certainly do not want to always hand out free work. Right. If you're doing it, work for a company, there's no reason that they shouldn't be paying you. That's just wrong. Yeah, yeah. The, see, I, as I was asking that question, I was trying to think of the devil's advocate. Right. But I'm in full agreement. Yeah. Uh, like, un, unless I I have another job that I'm doing at the same time where I am being paid. The experience of the unpaid internship is just something that's not really viable for you in the long run. No. Because, you know, if if you're a student, then – or if you were a student, then you got to be paying your loans yep. unless you got a full ride. Right. Uh, congratulations, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> or if you weren't a student, then, you know, everybody also still has bills that, yep. that they need to pay. And, yep. and it's not just about yourself. So if you accept a position to do unpaid work, then you are just in a long line of exploited workers. So there's more likely a chance that they'll be able to market and say, hey, we had 20 interns for the past 20 years who've worked for free, and they were all a part of it. They bought into something uh, that, you know, maybe it worked out. Maybe they learned skills from it that were invaluable, right? But more likely than not, they that company is just being cheap and knows how to get free labor and free creative uh, thinkers and stuff. And that's just wrong. I mean, I feel so strongly about this, and I'm sure a lot of people out there do, uh, but it's it's wrong. I, the creative work, yeah. you can't put a monetary value to it because it, it, it it's just you can't. But we do because that's what we have to do to make the money. We have to make it. There's a, there's a market out there, but there's, there's not a ceiling to how much you can make. There is a ceiling yeah. to how much you can't make, and that's, that's zero, and you should not be at that point. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I guess it's more the floor than the ceiling. There, there you go. But there, yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. Go. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure 
I mean, this isn't something I'm super educated about. I'm uh, maybe there was a time in the past where unpaid internships were a thing. Maybe apprenticeships. I don't know. Were you paid for apprenticeships? But just you know, nowadays the unpaid internships come so much with the expectation of producing work for that company, not just hey go get us coffee right and then listen to us work so that you can absorb some form of knowledge however right. weird that thinking is uh just now there's so much work that goes to an internship that uh you know that's the point where you have to draw the line between gaining experience for your resume versus being taken advantage of right uh right yeah the, there's definitely a line and and i think unpaid internships are that that line right well uh, you know as much as i speak negatively about the unpaid internship I'm, I'm telling you the truth right now right after i graduated college right i i just i brought this up earlier i worked uh for an internship through the through at the uh, in the czech republic right at, it was a partnership with maastricht university in brno it was a great program i it gave me an opportunity to go back abroad I spent the year, my senior year of college, working at a coffee shop to save up money so that I could pay to go abroad and do this three-month internship, right? Outrageous, right? I'm, I'm going to pay money right after getting my degree to live abroad uh, and, and work at a, a news station, but I decided that that was good for me. I, I did the pros and cons, and it worked out because I, I knew that I, over the course of my senior year, I'd be working to pay, to build up enough money to do this internship and the skills from living abroad again, from creating videos, overcoming the language barrier, the culture barrier, you know, learning to live on my own by myself in this foreign place. That was invaluable, right? That's, it was more than I could pay for, but coming out of that, I mean, that those three months is, that's how I can market myself as a international worker. Right. I can yeah. work in these groups right. and it wasn't necessarily the videos that I was bringing back, although that is a part of my portfolio. It were those skills and the things that I learned over that time. So, yes, I can I can say not being paid for internships is, is horrible, but I, I did it. I did it. And so it's going to be different for each person and each student uh, for each different situation. As always, if you have any questions, topics, or feedback for us, you can email us at askwtd at gmail.com. But now, we also have something else to involve you in the show even more. Pretty soon, Nate and I will be starting a new segment where we'll be taking prompts from listeners. These could be writing prompts, genres to explore, stories from your life, or whatever else comes to mind. Then, we'll try to come up with how we'd bring your submission to life. So once again, that email is askwtd at gmail.com for any prompts that you have for us. Anyways, let's get back to it. Now, we've bashed unpaid internships a lot. (laughs) Uh, Rightly so, I would think. But, you know, everybody's experience is different. Uh, But now when we're talking about going into the realm of pricing yourself and giving your own work value... Uh, I think you've had a decent amount of experience because you've done a good amount of 
freelance, mm-hmm. whether it's wedding videos or or just working with clients in general outside of your full time job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what what was your experience in uh, starting to to price out, uh, you know, how you're working hourly or if this is how much a video costs or, if right. it, you know, how, how did you do that? Right. Yeah. So right off the bat, I'll, I'll just say because I don't rely on the freelance money for bills or anything, really, it's just a nice bonus of something that I love to do. Right. Uh, I certainly and the buddy that I work with, we don't we do not charge market value. Um, I understand the ramifications for that and it. And I understand all of that. So all the people out there who says, if you don't charge the highest and all the other creators out there aren't, aren't going to get the work or anything, whatever you charge, if, if you're worth what you charge, people will, will, will use you or use you for your work, right? They, they will pay right. you and, and, and whatever, you'll get the job. So I just want to put that out there. So anyways, so when I first started, when, when Zach and I, he's the other person we do, NZVid, that's our, that's our little company. When we started Shameless doing- plug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nate Zach videography, right? NZ vid. Anyways, we're very, very smart when it came to naming. But um, no, when we first started, I think the first wedding we did, we, uh, I think we charged like $500 or something. And, and we had, you know, worked in video, just not wedding. We've done lots of different video stuff, mostly TV news stuff. So it's, it was different, but we had edited and we had shot, we know shot composition, we knew lighting and stuff like that. And of course everything went wrong as I think we talked about this in the previous video, but we, we had a final product. Uh, and I think it was like $500 or something that we split two fifty a pop. And, uh, it was probably a thousand dollars worth of work, if not more. But that's what we charged. And then the next wedding we did, we probably upped it to 800. So we got 400 pop. And and the next one we did was probably 1,000. And, and I think the most recent wedding we did was like around $2,000 or whatever. And again, it was probably worth $3,500 or something like that. Um, but, you know, as we go up, if we decide to continue to add more, we, we get better at it, right? We, we, we learn how to deliver a, a finer, higher quality product. So obviously there is a, a ramp up of how much you can charge if you're worth that much. And if people are worth paying you or are people find you worth paying. Did I say that right? Sure. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 So, so anyways, that was just specifically for wedding and, and we, we always bill out for a package rather than an hourly because if you do hourly, I mean, you want to give yourself probably 15 to $30 an hour for your work. And that can add up very fast because yeah. people don't understand how long it takes to edit. The creative process yeah. uh, is is different for everyone, but it can certainly take a long time. Yeah. And the client probably will gravitate more towards the the here's the cost of the video over it could be anywhere between here right. and here. Right. They, they probably want to know what they're getting into. Right. But I certainly uh, would do a wedding for free hmm. if I'd never done a wedding before because that that makes everything clear, right? If you say, hey, I've got two cameras, I've got two tripods, I've got a couple mics, I'll do your wedding for free if you're willing to work with me, right? So first of all, that, that shows that the wed- the bride and the groom or whoever's getting married they know that you are new and that they're not losing anything 
Right. Right. They're not giving you any money. They're not losing anything. You as the videographer, the person, the wedding videographer, uh, you have everything to gain and a little bit to lose because they're looking forward to a video, but it's not a monetary contract. Yeah. And, and they're like, let's see where this goes. <laughs> right. Right. So if you're looking to get into that field, which is awesome, it's a great hobby to do. There's money in it and it's it's kind of fun. Right. You get to eat food and stuff. It's a good time. You get to see somebody's yeah. special day. Uh, but certainly I would do it for free. The first one. And if I did a good job, then I would charge the second one and say, hey, this is what I did. How How's five hundred dollars look? And that's really low. But again, you build yourself up. You build your portfolio. Let's say that first one didn't go well because you missed a shot or something. You missed the first kiss. You missed a dance. Uh, and those things are important, right? Then do another one for free. It's that renting thing. Rent for a little bit, but as soon as you save up, buy a house. Man, you love that analogy. I certainly do. I, I understand. That it's a good analogy. There's like no houses available now, and they're all like incredibly expensive. <laughs> so, so it's not a great analogy now, but maybe 20 years ago, that would have been a solid analogy. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that that speaks to a lot of the idea of speculative work, which I, I mentioned at the top. And so if you don't know, speculative work is basically, or working on spec as, you know, people in the biz call it, uh, it's basically just when you are producing something in order to gain a contract or gain right. employment or right. something. So in in my uh, exposure to that term, working on spec will mean uh, writing a spec script. So, right. for example, if you want to become a writer for something like Brooklyn Nine-Nine or another comedy uh, so you write your own script for that show, uh, and then you submit that to that studio or another studio who's looking uh, for writers in a similar s- style or vein. Uh, you're producing that as kind of a form of showing what you can do and right. trying to sell yourself uh, in the best way possible. And so that that's probably my most exposure to that concept is in the world of writing because when you're trying to write things uh in terms of specifically looking at the narrative fictional video film whatever lens uh you're just writing that for yourself uh and you're either going to produce it on your own with a skeleton crew mm-hmm. or you're looking to uh, pitch it to a studio or just uh, to someone who can finance uh, equipment and actors and things like that, uh, or trying to get into a, a writing fellowship mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, the Nichols Fellowship or whatever it's called. It's the the Oscars uh, fellowship where the they hold that contest and they take in scripts and then there are a few winners who get to get money to write more stuff mm-hmm. or something. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that that's basically. All you can do at that point uh, is write on spec. Just write that, write your ideas and hope that you will be paid for it at some point. Right. And hopefully not get screwed over in selling your script. They don't produce it and now they own the rights so that you can't take it back and, and go somewhere else with it or make right. it on your own. Right. I mean, that's a different so it's, model. It's just, it's a certain, it's certainly a, just a different model uh, from what we were yeah. talking about before, but it's good that you bring that up because yeah, that is tricky. You're, you're doing yeah. work for free, hoping that it will be picked up. Right. And hoping that they don't buy you out and then, yeah, you know, make a lot of money and you're, you're not a part of it. Right. I, I, yeah. I don't find myself in those type of positions. I think that's more sure. 
specifically with writing and, and scripting out shows perhaps sure. uh, because when it, when it comes to, to the video work that I've been doing and, and some of the other creative stuff, that, that term spec work doesn't really come up. But certainly, now that you've explained it, I can see how that's a big part of the industry uh, for TV shows and, and maybe even maybe even um, Broadway shows, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a tough position that I'm in now because I'm trying to figure out what projects I'm going to work on in terms of writing now. Because do I take the best idea in my head or the idea that I'm most excited about and write it now? Yes. Or do I work on something else that I that I can sell maybe more easily no, 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 no. to someone no, no. else uh, and keep that in my back no, pocket? No, 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 it, no. It's, do your good yeah, stuff so now. So you think no. Do your good stuff now, Jacob. Because think about this. You, your good stuff now isn't going to be your best stuff. Right, yeah. In the future. Your good stuff now, your good stuff now is your... You're building blocks to something where they can actually start paying you. Because plus, I want to be a part of your team for your good stuff now. I don't want you to sit on that stuff. No. <laughs> Come on now. That's fair. Well, you know you know when I do become a, a multi-millionaire exec, I'm, I'm going to put you on that crew. Oh, certainly. But I don't need you to become yeah. a multi-millionaire for you to be good. Well, I like to be. There you go. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, it's just I, I think it is important to... to highlight the different forms of spec work or, or unpaid work because it, it can, depending on what industry you're in, it can come in a lot of different ways, whether it's spec work to be hired by a specific company right. or spec work to uh, build up your portfolio and get hired for a full-time right. gig in video or, or whatever it might be. Right. Now, I wish we had brought somebody um, who is in the music industry because is that I, I'm not familiar with this, so I'm kind of going on a limb. You may know Jacob, but like creating a demo, right, or something like when you are hmm. creating music before going to a record company. I don't know if they still do this. They used to, I saw this in a movie. I think is that a similar <laughs> process, right? You know, they're doing this work for free, hoping that they'll get a record deal. Is that maybe? Yeah, yeah? Uh, probably. I mean, to be clear totally unqualified to answer this come but my on understanding... i asked you because you need to know the answer <laughs> well uh yeah i mean my understanding is i mean if if you're in a band or you're a singer songwriter you're writing songs and producing them on your own hoping to be picked up or to produce an album so that, so that you can sell right. uh and and i mean i know that people will you know have to pay for their studio time yep Yep. Uh, just to produce their own album so that hopefully that can get noticed and then they can get picked up by someone who can produce their next album. And yeah, I know it, it's kind of a similar uh, slippery slope that, <laughs> slippery that they have to slope. cross. But, uh, but yeah, that, that definitely would be interesting to talk to someone. So uh, are we, if you are someone who's listening, who knows about that? Uh, yeah. Please let us hit, know. Us up, hit us up. Ask WTD so, at gmail.com. Boom. There you go. So basically what we're yeah. saying this entire podcast is go to school, become a banker or something. And, you know, <laughs> Get your picket fence and make a salary yeah. more than, you know. No. Uh, Go nuclear. Is that what that term means? Nuclear family? Uh, is that when you live with your parents? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought a nuclear family was a mother, a father, and a kid. I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's two kids. I think it was like the 60s. Oh. Because I, I think that was like when they were building like the, the, the fake towns that they were doing nuclear test sites in. 
It was just like Hold the standard this suburban is, this neighborhood. This is way out of our league. This is way out I'm of I'm just league. saying, I think that's where it comes from. Yeah, yeah, okay. We're going to get a lot of... Anyways, uh, unpaid internships. Yeah, seriously, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. That's interesting. I, I, I should actually look into that music stuff because, uh, well, it, it's all the same, right? An artist who paints a picture is not going to get paid and until they sell the picture. A videographer is not going to get paid until they, right? Especially when doing freelance, so... I guess that's all the same. I think the uh, something else we should talk about uh, in addition is contract stuff. And so to bring us back around to the very beginning when I started talking about internships and and contracts in internships, even when free, uh, non-paid internships because I was a student and it was, it was this is in particular the CIE, the Center for International Education at Juniata. That was an internship I didn't get paid for, but a colleague of mine, we created a contract saying we were going to do this much uh, video work and we were going to have the rights to that video work uh, that you can use for your marketing purposes or, or whatever we were creating it for but also we can use it uh, in our portfolios and so creating a contract even for a unpaid internship is important so that both sides your manager and yourself know you're you're under contract you know exactly what you're supposed to do they know what they're going to kind of quote-unquote grade you on or give you free I don't even know how it could give you a good letter of recommendation I don't know if that's your payment whatever uh but in your experience Jacob I I have a lot of stuff about contract stuff but in your experience when have you used contracts where they always paid gigs uh or have you just been on, in a salaried position what what is your contract stuff so so my initial uh job that I that we mentioned earlier I was working as a salaried position, um, but then towards the end, uh, they were wondering if they could shift me to a contract type position, and I, and I, I won't get into the specifics, but that's basically what my first exposure was mm-hmm. with trying to price myself out and and figure out what I was doing. I think you reached that's out. That's also to me. when I I think yeah you I did out reach to me. out like, to you. What do you usually charge? Yeah. Yeah, and and that's when I learned that I was being severely underpaid for my work. Uh, yes, <laughs> and so and so when I I tried to slyly give them my my contract rates, I was like, hopefully they won't notice that it's more than what they have been paying me. Right. Uh, and and that was a tricky situation to navigate, uh, and no contract was ever produced uh, no. for that because maybe they did notice, and they're like, oh, we can just find another young fresh out of college dude who who will take a super low pay cut yeah for that so it, it is it's it's tricky yeah uh for me so i don't have a lot of experience with it but the experience i do have is basically me starting to realize my worth a little bit more well, yeah and that's good and that's good i on the other side of things the first contract that i did uh, zach we were working together they other guy in, it was our first wedding right it was our first wedding we set we we created a contract we went online and said you know here what's a good videography contract right it has no legal standing or anything it's just a signature that we're hoping that both parties abide by and uh the bride and crew <laughs> they didn't pay us fully and they just took it like the contract meant nothing right uh, in a legal standpoint we probably would have lost in a legal court because we didn't use the correct wording in whatever the contract is a signed thing that that it's an understanding 
right? When it gets yeah. to corporate work and other big, bigger entities working and a lot more money being passed, yes, you're going to have contracts that are that are real contracts. But for freelance stuff, yeah. I mean, it's it's good to have the contract. It's good to have somewhat good legal words saying, yeah. you know, you give this for this for this. <laughs> But in all honesty, yeah, cover the your first, bases. Yeah, the first the first contract or the first couple things that you do, it has no legal standing. I mean, we got paid half what we were supposed to for our first wedding, and we also had them sign a contract, and then we never heard from them. And it's been five years, and here I am talking about it. But I don't think they actually got married. No, they certainly got married. <laughs> we were there for that. We were there for that. And we've got video. <laughs> we've got video evidence of that. Maybe it was overexposed. Maybe it wasn't that great. But. <laughs> we have video evidence of that. In my other experience with contract stuff, it's just a matter of making sure that the part both parties know what they're getting for how much, what your rate is, is it a package deal? All of these things that are that are great to know when writing a contract. The first contract you write, you're probably going to mess up and you're probably not going to get paid what you're worth. And that's okay. You're yeah. building you're building it up. And if it's freelance work and you're not reliant on it to pay the bills, it's we make mon- we make those mistakes and, yeah. and we learn from them. I, I think I think if we're trying to give the overall message of what we've been talking about, I think it's it's just basically all about learning to know your worth. Know your worth. Uh, yep. And it's just that that confidence that you'll gain over time. Yep. Uh, and that's something that everybody struggles with. We've struggled with Certainly. it. Certainly. I'm currently struggling with it, <laughs> but uh, it's 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 something that. You just have to be aware of, and even if you're having trouble seeing your value, uh, just uh, try to uh, push past that and assert your value nonetheless, I guess. Yep, yep. And and, and understand that there's a pro and con. If, if you are doing a, an internship and you're not getting paid for it, make sure the deliverables, the stuff that you are making, is going to make you money down the road. That's going to be your ticket for a job. That's going to be your ticket when you're pitching uh, your video skills, your marketing skills. So if you're doing it for free, make sure that the stuff you're doing is going to allow you to make money down the road. Do not do not use an internship to waste your time if you're not being getting paid for, for your work. Um, but other than that, yeah, Jacob, know your worth. You're worth a lot more than, than what you're doing. And if you're not, better keep on uh, keep on practicing, all right? Yeah. Bingo. All right, Jacob, it's time for Definitely Not Procrastinating. Can you tell me what you did this week? So, yes. So this is a movie that came out in 2020. It's a Danish movie. So subtitles on, my favorite breakfast desserts. (laughs) A Danish movie? (laughs) Oh, not the movie, just the Danish. (laughs) Wait, did you say breakfast desserts? Yeah, isn't it a breakfast dessert? Well, is any breakfast really qualified as a dessert well yeah if you eat something savory first and then sweet after it's certainly a dessert but it's wouldn't a dessert be no this is a tangent but we're definitely not procrastinating so all bets are off that's right is wouldn't the danish or wouldn't dessert just be qualified i always thought dessert is qualified as the post meal well yeah and i feel like breakfast doesn't really have a post meal breakfast is just breakfast well it depends if if it's it's post your previous meal right you're breaking your fast yeah i guess i'm not super qualified because i don't eat breakfast that often Ooh. um oh me neither i know i should no but, no no, you know. no don't listen to that crap eat your cheerios <laughs> eat your wheaties and get on with the day oh no like i usually just don't eat anything until lunch water yeah yeah i guess i do there drink you go drink water water yeah anyways um where was i <laughs> oh yeah danish danish yeah. right danish. so there's a <laughs> 
it is a Danish movie uh, starring Mads Mikkelsen, directed by Thomas Vinterberg, uh, called Another Round. Uh, and it's on Hulu, so it, it's pretty easily accessible. Uh, it won the Oscar this past, uh, actually it was just last month, for Best International Film. Uh, and it's basically about, uh, I'll give the elevator pitch without giving too much away, it's about four teachers who decide to test the hypothesis of a psychologist that humans are born with a 0.05% deficit in their alcohol blood level. So uh... they test it. So so they just, like, drink a little bit throughout the day to, like, maintain a 0.05% uh, or whatever it is, uh, BAC uh-huh. uh, percentage. And it it's a dramedy just based around the four teachers just just doing that. And it stars Matt Mickelson, who I love. Uh, he was Hannibal in the show Hannibal, mm-hmm. which maybe I'll talk about another day. He was in Doctor Strange as the villain. Um, he was in a game called Death Stranding. Uh, it's a great movie. It's another round on Hulu. Uh, somewhat the source of ire for me uh, when they won the Oscar because – they announced the day after the Oscars. Oh, I remember seeing that, your tweet. Yeah, yeah. They they announced that, or it was reported at least that they were planning on doing an English language version of the movie, looking for Leonardo DiCaprio to star, and that made me so angry because this movie just came out and it exists, and if you know how to read, just read the subtitles. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it it harkened back to I believe it was the Golden Globes last year in January, uh, where uh, Bong Joon Ho, who directed Parasite, mm-hmm. another great movie that I might talk mm-hmm. about another time, uh, he won the Golden Globe for Best Director, and he had a great quote in his acceptance speech, which was, uh, "Once you overcome the one inch tall barrier of subtitles, you will be introduced to so many more great films." Boom. And I oh. just just watch this movie with Mads Mikkelsen in Danish. It's so well done and it's mm-hmm. it's so good. Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna do an English language version, Mads Mikkelsen has been in plenty of English language right. shows and movies. Just get him again Ugh. if he's up for it. If not, don't do the movie. Right. You know. Right. Anyways, it's a good movie. You should watch it. It's on Hulu. Okay. Another round. What about you, Nate? Uh, yeah, mine's a stretch. Mine's not as in depth as yours, but um. <laughs> There's an area in the country that is sort of in the United States that is I romanticize about. It's a place uh, that Ooh. I feel a lot of videographers and photographers go and capture these stunning uh, landscape photog- uh, pictures uh, and, and videos. And that's the Pacific Northwest. So mm. I take this romanticized location, you know, Oregon, Oregon and and we're in Washington, I take these this 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 ideal of what what it's like out there, and I go to YouTube and I go online and I look at these pictures and I find myself, uh, you know, wanting to be in those locations, very, knowing very well that being there isn't always the same as romanticizing about the place, right? It's kind of like lo- loads of people wish they lived in Paris, right? Uh, because it's it's just this beautiful city. It's a vibrant area. Yeah. It's very different. It's but I, I was in Paris and I didn't feel the same way I felt uh, in Paris than when I felt sitting in my 
you know, home in the United States, in Pennsylvania, romanticizing about Paris. It's always better when you when you when you're thinking about it. It's always it's always nicer. The wine yeah. tastes better when you're not drinking it. The the cheeses taste right. Um <laughs> so yeah, so the Pacific Northwest. I've always loved to romanticize about going there and going on these trips and it's beautiful. And so all I did this week when I had my time off was look at creatives, look at look at photographers, Instagram, uh, YouTube, looking at all these people who, who go out there on trips and capture the most beautiful, natural places out there. It's stunning. So one one image in particular, I, I don't know who took the picture. I'm not as good as you when it comes to to, to giving people credit, but you can find loads of these <laughs> pictures. There's a picture out there with damp trees and fog with a mountain in the background. Loads of them out there. Not going to be the same place, but that's the Pacific Northwest for me. And I love it. And I love it. And hmm. so that's my definitely not procrastinating. Just finding a place that I, I, I wish I could be there, but knowing very well that other people's work transforms your opinion of the place and you can sure close your eyes and pretend you're there so uh yeah that's my definitely not very introspective yeah well you know maybe next year i'll do florida (laughs) (laughs) i thought you were gonna say new jersey at first uh (laughs) certainly not (laughs) just kidding there are nice places in new jersey but when i think of you know the most beautiful place on earth my mind goes to the pacific northwest yeah yeah. Sorry, New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, Nate, where can the people find you? As usual, uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at NateUlrich16. Uh, shout out to Alex Stout for following me today. Yeah. So cool stuff. <laughs> uh, and you can find me at Jacob Yesfak on Twitter. Maybe one day I'll hop onto that Instagram game, but probably not. <laughs> probably not. I'm on it. Pacific Northwest, baby. That's where it's I, at. I have an Instagram, but I have never used it. I've had it since uh, high school. Wow. Because I think some of my friends tried to get me on Instagram, so I made an account. Mm-hmm. But I I have literally done nothing with it. I don't follow anybody. But I did recently just change the name to Jacob Yesfak just in case I ever needed it I for like something. It. I like it. So Branding if yourself. If you want to. Branding yourself. Uh, follow that account with zero followers and zero followings with no profile picture yeah probably not gonna do that all right until (laughs) next week (laughs) thanks for listening write that down is produced by nate ulrich and jacob novak Music for this podcast includes Answered by Ketza and Dream 13 by Punch Deck. You can find links to both artists in the description for this episode. If you'd like to be a part of the show, you can email your questions or topic suggestions to askwtd at gmail.com. Once again, that's askwtd at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.